the franchisor really will put that work up front because at the end of the day, they want you to be successful. You are an extension, a representation of their brand. So the, the last thing they want is unhappy franchisee that's just not doing well in that market. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. When we finally decided to grow our social media presence, Canva was the only option. I tried dozens of alternatives, but I had to admit that nothing else comes close. We use Canva for social images, print-on-demand designs, and tons more at Serve to Master. Grab a free account today at servenomaster.com front slash Canva. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here to talk about something that I'm very interested in because I, I'm very familiar with starting a business from scratch, starting a business kind of from home, the whole online business. But the whole idea of franchises is very fascinating to me. I watch all these television shows where people are like, hey, we have one restaurant, we want to turn it into a franchise. And they don't have those pieces. So I think the first thing is to really understand what's the difference between a business and a franchise? Right. So a great question. So with a franchise, it's a, it's a proven system. It's a system that uh, you can replicate, uh, replicate across the country, uh, across continents. I mean, different countries, uh, you know, across the U S different, uh, different states, countries. So you want a, a strong system where, any other owner could follow a basic playbook, a basic system and be successful uh, in, in that business. I think that's the part that I find most interesting yeah. is the need for an instruction manual. So two years ago, we started our own small business here with my wife, we took over a hostel and they had no idea how to run a business. Like right. they, when they gave us their numbers, I was like, these aren't real. <laughs> I was like, the year, what I said, if I if every bed was filled every night at one hundred percent capacity, the number would be half of what you said you're making. Right. But I also knew we could grow it into something really big, which we did for a while. But the hardest part is like training a manager or having a process, like simplest processes, like how to clean a bed, how to clean a bedroom, what should be in a room before a guest arrives, what's the welcoming procedure, right. all of these small things and. At a new restaurant, you often see, or an independent restaurant in my experience, sometimes you walk in and they don't have a, it's like a family or they don't have a process for that. Uh, and the same in my business, I often, as I train a new person, like we have to turn this into a process. So whoever answers the phone or whoever answers the email says the same things. So my, my feeling is that like the two big advantages of a franchise, correct if I'm wrong, are that you, it comes with an instruction manual unlike every other business. And number two, you get advantage of, whatever the brand brings to the table, like whether it's national advertising or brand recognition or those assets where they have like a corporate team that's backing you up or providing you with the supplies you need, like what you're selling. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the franchisor has kind of, they've tried it out on their own. So they've uh, figured out, okay, what is going back to the hotel? What is the best way to make a bed? What are the best cleaning chemicals, you know, quickest way to get in and out of a room to prepare it for, for the next guest. So they've kind of figured it out on their dime, you know, whether that's, that's both time and money to figure out the best way they uh, get their research, put it all together and put, put it in that manual. So it is easy to follow. So when you do invest in a franchise, essentially you're 
you're, you have the right, you know, it's a license to write to run that business. You don't own a piece of that corporate business, uh, but you do own the license, uh, the business in a box per se to, to run that business exactly the same. So it doesn't matter what country you're in, uh, you know, it's going to look and feel what state you're in, it's all going to look and feel exactly the same. So lots of benefits, but in those benefits, not everyone is franchise material. You know, someone maybe in your audience that is looking to maybe do a, a startup business and they want to create everything from the brand, the logo, the processes on their own. You know, they may not want to look at a franchise and may want to just do a startup. So uh, I do, uh, everyone that I, that I speak with, we do like to make clear that it's one or the other, but it's what best matches what you're looking for. One thing that I've seen is that sometimes there's like, people have one successful store in New York and then they go, we're going to franchise it all over the country and traffic and things I think about like everyone in New York walks. So you can have a store that has millions of people walking by every month, as opposed to you open up a franchise in let's say Nashville where everyone drives, no one's walking. So you have to get people to stop their cars and park and come in and you have this other issue. So the foot traffic isn't there it's much different or you have to get a spotlight where people can see from a freeway exit. So how do you know when you're going in that like this franchise can translate to your region? Like that to me seems like the biggest question. If I replicate exactly what they're doing, will I have the same success when I'm changing the location, when I'm changing the staff? How can you tell us? Cause sometimes the secret sauce is like the owner is so gregarious and has such a great personality that everyone's coming in for them and that the business is kind of, they're the key man, if you will. I think that's the right term. So how can you tell when you're looking at a franchise if it's the right phase? Like, is it worth being an early adopter franchiser? It feels like that's really high risk. I mean, maybe it's like the price of the franchise goes up as you de-risk it. Yeah, I mean, early adopters, there's definitely pros and cons to that. But to, to your point on, uh, you know, different markets, it's up to the franchisor to really do uh, research on the territory. So before anything else, it's not kind of a one size fits all. They'll review your territory, depending on the product or the service, they'll look at, okay, what's the median in income uh, in that area? And just say, okay, we have the foot traffic, but we do cater to you know, people making over $100,000. So that may be five counties versus two counties in a different state. So you know, not every franchisor is created equal. And the franchisors that have been around a while will actually go in and do their territory research before offering a territory. And with, with territories, they just may be a prime location. They say, you know, it, it needs to be in a city. It needs to be, uh, you know, it has to have so much foot traffic. So they will limit the number of, of franchises that they allow. And to your point, the benefit a franchise will have versus any other business bar none and, and their major differentiator is validation. No other, no other uh, startup business will have this. You can talk to franchisees all over the country, all over the world, and ask them the, the million dollar question, knowing what you know now, would you do this all over again? So, you know, did you make, uh, what was your true startup? I'm estimating 100 to 200,000. Was it really, you know, in that range? Was it, was it much less? Was it, was it more? So, the validation is key. Obviously, you want to contact people in your market uh, as well as outside your market just to get a really good perspective. But that is, that is one of the major advantages to the franchise and just asking them questions. But going back to your original question, the franchisor really will put that work up front because at the end of the day, they want you to be successful. 
you are an extension, a representation of their brand. So the, the last thing they want is unhappy franchisee that's just not doing well in that market. So you mentioned in there that like anything from a hundred to $200,000, like I've always thought of franchises as really, really, really expensive to get into and that you have to have sitting in your bank a quarter of a million dollars for even the smallest of franchises. Right. Is there an alternative way to fund or is there another way to get into a business without having to have millions of dollars in the bank? Yes. So um, that is a, that is a bis- misconception. A, a lot of people, because when people hear franchising, they think of food and uh, the McDonald's, uh, the Burger Kings of the world. And yes, it's expensive because essentially you have a, you have a, a really big build out uh, of, the, um, of the store. Franchises range in all amounts. And there's two numbers. There's essentially there's the franchise fee, which is the initial fee you pay for the license to, to have that business. And then uh, there's your, you know, all other costs in, uh, that, that are kind of combined all, all together. So in the franchise agreement, it's an item seven. And it's going to give you a range. It's going to say, given um, what our you know, first year franchisees have invested, you're going to need uh, 150, uh, 100 to 200,000. And that's going to range from uh, 50,000 build out, 50,000 franchise costs, 50,000 marketing. But they'll even go over and beyond and say, uh, and six months estimated living expense, because it may take a little bit longer to, to get up and running. So uh, they do give you ranges. But as far as you know, what a franchise costs, you you can get a, a franchise for well under a hundred thousand dollars, and uh, depending on the territory or if it's a you know larger retail location, you can get into the millions. So definitely a big range there. But there's literally a franchise in every industry. I'm not sure about the world, but in the U.S. alone, there's over four thousand franchise concepts. So there's a, a lot a lot to go through, a lot to a lot to uh, kind of figure out what's your best fit, but. Going back to, to funding options, there are dozens of, of, of options that you have for funding. We work with funding car, uh, partners that will take a look at all your financials, your assets, liabilities, net worth, and uh, they'll give you a short list, typically two or three funding options. So a very common option that's really easy to get is a home equity line of credit if you have equity in your home. But as far as other options, there are taking a you know, converting a, a certain amount of money, if not the whole retirement, a 401k, as long as it's not with a um, current employer and rolling that in, creating a, a C corporation and funding your, your business that way. So essentially, you're not taking a loan, but you're using your own money and investing in yourself versus whatever the, the company stock or mutual fund you had. But you have, uh, you know, small SBA, small business administration loans, portfolio loans, loans you can take on your investments. So there are just literally dozens of options and it just, it, it comes down to what you're most comfortable doing and funding partner will do that legwork and research for you for free, you know, and then obviously there's a fee if you, if you do move forward. So I know when you buy a house, you need to have a certain amount that you pay cash and then the rest is the mortgage. When you, let's say you go in the SBA, the small business loan direction, and you need a loan of a hundred thousand or the the total cost between the franchisees and everything is $100,000. What percentage of that do you need to have in liquid capital to get in the game? Do you need 10%, 20%, 50%? It, it ranges and it depends on the number of, of, of territories, but we'll say uh, on average 20 to 30%, they'll loan you the rest. And then, uh, so that goes towards uh, the down payment and just want to make sure you have enough liquidity and living costs to, uh, to set you up for success. So 
homework I give to everyone is figure out your, your monthly expenses, especially if you're leaving your job to, to do this full time and, um, you know, get your finances in order, put together maybe just a, a, a monthly um, expenses, what, what you, uh, you know, what you spend on a, on a monthly basis, but typically 20, 30%, unless you're going uh, the portfolio where you're using your own money, then obviously there's, you're, you're using whatever amount is needed. You mentioned that there's a lot of other concepts besides restaurants. I guess I do. I only think of like gas stations and like mini marts. And then I think of fast food restaurants and then I get, you know, and I know there are some like other types of restaurant concepts as well, but I haven't really thought about like, are there shops in the mall that are franchises? Are there, cause I've always assumed like, Oh, this isn't every mall that it's a company store until you just said that. So can you give me an example of like what types of, People things are franchises people don't even realize are franchises. Yeah, sure. So I, I break them up into two categories. You have um, a service based where there's no physical location, and then you have a, a brick and border uh, retail location. So uh, primarily, people have heard of the restaurants. They have that you know really big brand recognition. But um, you know a lot of people will, will come to us looking uh, to invest possibly a smaller amount. Don't don't want the headache of of a build out. The pandemic has scared a lot of people as far as, you know, you can't, you can't eat at a rest inside of a restaurant here, at least in New Jersey. So they look at service base. So service base, uh, things that are doing well are commercial and residential cleaning, you know, disinfecting for, for COVID and, and, and keeping your employees safe in the, um, in the work environment. Another one is business coaching. So it's B2B helping business owners pivot and say, okay, I do offer a service. We're really impacted by the, the, the pandemic. How do I pivot? How do I change my business so that we are set up for success? Because this is definitely not a, a short-term thing. This is going to definitely extend into the, you know, who knows how, how long into the future. So employment services, um, they, they even go into uh, services for um, compacting trash where, you're, you know, there's less uh, trips to the landfill and you're, you're doing some good for the environment and saving you know, a nice percentage on your, on your uh, trash bill. So there is literally porta potties, uh, haircuts. I mean, you name it, there is a franchise pretty much in every single industry. And the goal that I have with our candidates is not on the first call to figure out, you know, what's the, the perfect franchise for you. That, that's typically the, the third or, or, or final or fourth call, I should say. We figure out what does your ideal business look like if uh, franchising is the right fit and figure out, you know, what does it look like? When does it operate? What, what a uh, number of employees, what types of employees are they, are they minimum wage employees or are you just managing uh, one general, one or two general managers, investment level, territory, things like that. So once we get all that and we create a model, then we start looking at franchises that fit your model because there's a lot of people get really excited over a franchise, like a, sometimes a restaurant and not to pick on restaurants, but when you dig in, they don't want to be open seven days a week or ideally, or they don't want to deal with minimum wage employees and a lot, lots of inventory. And that's the complete opposite of, of the, the restaurant they got in. So you see people that are extremely successful in the restaurants and, and someone owns the exact same franchise and, and is unsuccessful simply because it just wasn't a right fit for, for what they were looking for. So does sometimes people get, they get so excited by the hype and the possible money they don't pay attention to the actual work. It's like that saying that like, oh, you see someone in their overnight success as long as you don't count the last 10 years of groundwork. 
Yes. People get very excited. They don't, it's kind of, there's that picture. It's a, it's an iceberg. You don't see the bottom of the iceberg. You just see the top of it. And uh, you know, the last few years, how that uh, person's been successful. It, it takes a lot of work. Franchise or not. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a big investment. There's a risk. Definitely you're, you're minimizing some of the risk because you do have a franchisor in your back corner that's supporting and helping you. But yeah, you got You have to find something that you truly matches your lifestyle. If you just want to work Monday to Friday and you're in businesses that are functioning seven days a week, unless you have a really, really good general manager that's handling that weekend duty for you, you may be in the wrong business. You may want to look at something else. So I hope that answered your question. Okay. Yeah. And are there different types of franchise ownership? Is there something other than just you put in all the cash, you get a loan, and then, and then you're all in? Is there a different format? Like, can you do like a team type of franchise ownership? Yeah. So, you know, with, with franchise ownership, you can be, you can own your own franchise. So that's your own store or your own territory. Maybe a, you know, for example, I'm in New Jersey. So it may be a, a one or two counties in New Jersey, and I own a McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts franchise. Then there's what they call an area developer where you buy a larger territory. So it may be the whole state, it may be uh, half the state, and you're basically going to build a new store every, every year and open up a new store, but you're locking in a territory and you're getting in exchange a, um, a discount on the, on the franchise fee. The third, which you know, I, I have experience in this area, but I, I've seen less and less of this is what's called a master franchisee or master franchisor. And essentially what that, what that is, is you're buying a territory from the franchise company. So, you know, given I'm in New Jersey, I will invest and in, in buy the state of New Jersey from the franchise company, and I will sell and find franchisees in that state. So every person that I find that opens up a franchise in New Jersey, there's some, some type of split, and that's going to range of, on the original franchise fee. It could be 50-50, half to me, half to the franchise company. I will find them. I will support them and do any trainings and come out to their stores or locations. And then there's a split on the ongoing royalty. So essentially, I'm, I'm actually buying a piece of that a territory away from the franchise and, and splitting the, the royalty stream. And is that common? Are there people doing that now? Because it seems like that the world is so interconnected that it like, I don't feel like that would be very, it's common. Maybe as it was back in the day, it would be hard to set up the central team across the country. Yeah, it's uh, that master franchising. I see less and less in, in the, in the U S and um, but more common overseas. So if it's a U.S. based franchise, you know, they may come uh, to whatever, you know, it may, it may be whatever, whatever country, you know, in Europe, Asia, you name it, where essentially you're not getting a city, but you're actually taking over the entire country. Because obviously there's going to be slight different ways of, of doing business. You want to make sure the logos and everything match up correctly. So maybe there's a different footprint, such as I know with uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken and some of the other fast food restaurants, they had to change their footprint a little bit and how the stores look, uh, even modifying some of the food that, that's being sold. Like when you go for McDonald's in the US and, and in Europe. So, but yes, it's, you see that more on the international scale. But what I see mostly are either an individual investor or a group of investors capitalizing on their, on the money, the experience that they have and going in and buying, you know, you know, four or five, even 10 franchises at a time that they're developing and utilizing, you know, one bookkeeper to manage all the businesses, maybe a few general managers to handle uh, all the locations. But that, that seems to be a trend uh, in our industry. What type of person is the right person to get into the franchise game? Like, are there certain 
key metrics like you need to be this age you have this much money you need to have this type of experience like what are the things that let someone know oh they're definitely not the right fit or maybe they are the right fit yeah so two two parts to that specifically just in general on franchising it's uh you need to be able to follow a system because people will say yes you'll ask some questions and then they'll say well I like a McDonald's, but I'd like to add or use different vendors or they have all these extra ideas. And I, and I say, no, that you have to follow their system. You can't, they're very strict, very specific on, on that system. You don't have to invest in that type of business, but you do need to follow it. So we normally see franchisees fail if they just don't follow the system in general. And then the, 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 the next level is, so if you follow the system, you have no problem. You just want a business in a box, a kind of like myself, I wanted a business set up for me that I could just run with day one and generate revenue. Then the next step is where I work with my candidates to figure out, okay, what is the type of franchise that I want? And when we build that model, it's not about, do I want to be in cleaning or employment services or food? That's the least of your concerns. Let's figure out what, what, what uh, your role is in the business. If you want to be a semi-absentee owner where you know, you're involved in the business, maybe 10, 15 hours a week, and then you're off doing something else. Do you want to be involved, you know, Monday to Friday, 40 hours a week, figure all that out. But once you figure that out, then we, we back into, okay, you know, given what you're looking for, these are some uh, franchises. So I, you know, the, the biggest mistake I see people make is they'll pull up a, a magazine or a website and say, all right, these are the hottest franchises. Let me research it. And you're doing it, I think, in, in, the, in the wrong order. I think you should first look at the business that fits what you're looking for, meaning what the business looks like, and then seeing what franchises match that. Because with 4,000 options, uh, you'll spend the rest of your life researching and figuring out what's the, the best match. And quite frankly, I've seen people you know, figure out they want to be in this business, pick a franchise to find out the territory was recently sold, and now they're back to the, to the drawing board. So uh, take a step back and, and just figure out, okay, you know, this is my ideal business. And um, I wrote a, I recently wrote a book um, and I hope you don't mind me mentioning it on the, on the show, but it's a uh, right. It's, it's specifically for your audience. So it's my website. It's a GG, the franchise guide forward slash serve no master. And they can get a free copy of my book. It's a very, very short read. And it just talks about franchising, um, you know, kind of uh, the, the process. So whether you use someone like myself or want to go on and uh, do the research on your own, it just talks about the steps you should look at. But more importantly, before even getting there, figuring out if business ownership and franchise ownership is even the right fit before you start spending hours of research and talking to companies. Okay. So the real process is to figure out, number one, do I want to follow someone else's rules? Because it's like, when you think of being the boss, like you do whatever you want. Right. But if you're in a franchise, that's not going to work. So that's step number one. Step number two is thinking about what role you want to have. Do you want to be there 40 hours a week, 80 hours a week, 10 hours a week, totally be able to travel or, or lock into a location. And then you start, and then you look at what franchises are available in my territory. So you don't start chasing things that you can't even get unless you have right. to move. So that's the exact opposite process. I think most people would have thought about for approaching it. So this is really good. This is really good advice. And thank you so much. And Everyone will also put the link in the show notes and right below uh, the video or the audio version if you're watching this on the blog. And we'll put the link to Chevy's book, which you guys are going to love, Franchise Freedom. It's really good because this definitely opened up my eyes. I've never thought that a franchise would be even possible for me. You know, right? There are so many areas where you can do it. I never thought about doing porta potties, which I think, wow, that's right. like, I would love that. That's <laughs> like my dream business because right. 
people are always using them and it's really simple you, know, you just have to buy the porta potties once keep them clean you know get a truck to clean them out and then that's a really simple thing i think about well, festivals and construction sites that's like an right. amazing business i didn't realize that was a franchise i figured there was just one guy that was the porta potty king of the whole <laughs> united states so I learned something new today. Thank you so much for being here, Debbie. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. It's been an amazing episode. Guys, make sure to grab his book, Franchise Freedom. Just click the link below and we'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you for listening to the Serve the Master podcast. If you want to make serious money as an affiliate, you need to find your flagship product, the one that's going to make you the most money and grow as you grow. Find out how with my absolutely free guide at servemaster.com forward slash unicorn.